welcome to This Is Not A Green Room, the podcast coming to you from Pinch Recording in beautiful Long Island City, Queens, where we talk to New York Comedy Club comics about life, comedy, whatever else comes up along the way. <laughs> Today, our guest is the wonderful Aaron Berg, who's drinking some coffee right now. Love coffee. Heard uh, that there was a whole bunch of sw- subtweets going around that uh, you're the highest paying podcast. So you have coffee and uh, we love it. also offer granola bars. Sometimes. And I forget how professional you are when you do like an actual podcast as opposed to when I talk to you in real life. Because <laughs> in real life, you're just so cash. And then you're like, yeah. we are here today. And I like it. It really works for the podcast. Your voice is so Thanks. deep on this. Thanks. <laughs> I just drop into a podcast yeah, he's, voice. He's got, this is it. This is the NPR edition. Yeah. Uh, with us as always is the lovely Rachel. Oh, hi guys. Hi, Rach. Hi. Delicious dish. How are you? And of oh. course, I'm Amy. Wait, what? No, remember? No, yeah, the Saturday Night Live sketch that was made. Remember, like from 25 years. I'm so old. Anyway, don't start. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna. We've had Berg on the podcast before, um, but we brought him back now in our new format. One this on is a, two a great on one. room. Now, do yeah. you get this room all the time, or do you have to like sign in to use this room? Well, we only get it when Scott's not recording like real people who make him money. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so what's he do? Oh, this is this is actually Scott's studio. So besides being He's the owner of the most successful night uh, comedy club in the world, yeah. he is. <laughs> uh, he's a sound engineer. So um, he's got a team of guys that they all work here. Different bands and weirdos come in and out all the time. Wow. Bands and weirdos. Oh, we get he gets so many weirdos. A guy called uh, the other day who like clearly doesn't understand, he's not a musician or anything. He just was like, I want to come in and record a few tracks. And so Laura was asking him follow-up questions. And he was like, and so like, how do you guys provide the music? Mm-hmm. He was like, this isn't karaoke, buddy. Like, you bring the music. <laughs> oh. We're just recording you. Everybody has a dream. It's amazing to see. They just, some people are very naive about it. Yeah. There was also a guy, which I thought was very sweet, who came in and recorded songs just for his mom on Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. yeah. And was his boyfriend happy about that? <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? It was like I an see old, what you yeah. did there. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, really nice. I need to have a better relationship with my mom. My yeah. mom, yeah, I just get aggravated sometimes i'll be talking to her and like she won't hear what i say and i'm like yeah the baby's right here or i'll have to say it to her. and then i'm like why am i getting angry at the woman that birthed me i really need to work i get on that. really angry with my mom i can relate i think families the people you get the angriest with besides maybe like spouses who you you because you spent so much time and especially your family because you grew up with them so you just have a you catalog take your shit of them, yeah yeah. Years of like, oh, you always do this, Mom. I don't like it. I mean, I feel like yeah. I had a better relationship with them before I started going to therapy. And then I found therapy was like, this is all your parents' fault. And then oh. it made me angry at them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing even wrong with me. Yeah. Privilege. You're perfect. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's very interesting. I've never heard of therapy making things worse with your oh, yeah. family. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. actually heard someone say that yeah. the other day. Really? That, yeah, it brought, it dredged up a whole like, shitload of resentment from when they were kids that they kind of like repressed yeah and now they're feeling it all over again that's why i'm scared to go because yeah. i'm yeah. gonna hate my mom even more than i already do yeah. look i have a wider range of emotions now that's the only thing that it's helped and i get more perspective so like it, uh, my wife used to say something i'd get defensive or angry and now i have more emotions i have sadness i have choke <laughs> uh 
<laughs> and then I have leave. That's an emotion. And the therapist is like, those aren't emotions. No, those that's are just still verbs. the same thing. Wait, those yeah. are his words? Sadness, choke, and leave? No, these are no, Aaron's. those are my words. Oh. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron describing his, his new yeah. myriad of reactions oh. to being angry. I can't say it. I'm in so much trouble on Twitter, too. Well, not really, because oh, no. it's nobody's, but it's so fun. I think everybody just needs to see you live, because it seems like you get a lot of like pushback yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. But like for some reason, you get away with saying anything on stage. Yeah. They just don't. They don't know how nice yeah. I am on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, they don't know yeah, how lovely it just comes you are. across as mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they don't get that it's working. At, it's operating at a very high level of comedic prowess. Yeah. And they just <laughs> don't get it. Nope. They're very offensive jokes, but they're very funny. And they're silly. And yeah. that's it. I don't. So I hope nobody cares. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> I'm playing with the trans stuff now because yeah. that's like one of the most the offensive things that you can do. And it's fun, but you have to be really smart about it and yeah. really careful. Otherwise, people won't. If I was like, ah, tranny suck, yeah, then, that's... then I do say that on stage. But I, but I say tranny suck, and then I go, it's my least favorite part of the car engine. <laughs> um, so that's how I get out of it. But I, it's yeah, that's a real hot button talk. It was race for a while, yeah. and now it's not. And oh, then yeah. it was women's issues for a while, and now it's transgender stuff. So I, I like playing with that. Fire. I mean, is that's it the just point whatever of it, the mood it? hits the you? Co- like, how, yeah. does, how does it vary? When I get bored, then I'll be like, oh, it's time to maybe stir up a little bit of shit. But I <laughs> it's, I, and I don't go in as hard as I used to because now I know, like, I, I pissed off comics before and stuff like that. So I'm like, I won't go as hard as I used to, but it's still fun to. It's still fun to poke, yeah. and that makes it easier. Maybe I'm wrong. I could You've be wrong. Pissed off comics. Yeah. Like. Comics that are going through what you're talking about? No, like just like super woke comics that think that I'm the exact opposite of that. That are like, you're a caveman. You're th- yeah. What you're saying is hateful. Uh, yeah. Uh, your followers are all garbage people. Yeah, that type of stuff. My <laughs> followers are all great. They have fantastic handgun collections. <laughs> <laughs> I was posting pictures. They were all sending their gun pictures oh my in. God. And I was like, we have a militia. <laughs> Wait a minute, am I a Nazi? No. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Berg gonna take over. Now that you're a citizen, you're just gonna you're gonna take over. I'm not a citizen No, still. you're not? No, I'm a I thought uh, you were. that would perfectly lead us into the story we're yeah. about to tell. Uh no, I'm a uh, I'm a permanent resident. I have a green card. But and and uh, Do you want to become a citizen? Yeah. And then the question is, do I wanna maintain my dual citizenship? And this will bring up a very exciting topical question that Amy has prepared. <laughs> Yes. So Canadian Comics won a huge victory yesterday. Uh, I'm going to let you kind of lay the groundwork of what was going on and how it came to a head. Yeah, they uh, uh, Just for Laughs, who is a extremely evil empire headed (laughs) by uh, (laughs) Howie Mandevil. uh, He runs it? Howie Mandel just bought it with ICM. And... uh, I've bumped into Howie and I've like been on shows with them and yeah, he is what he is and Just for Laughs is what they are. So they bought this channel in Canada called Canada Laughs, which was XM one sixty eight. Am I right? I don't remember the channel number, but sure. One sixty eight, I think. Um and prior to this quote unquote merger, it was run uh the the guy that did the programming is Ben Miner, who was a comic, still is a comic, uh great ally to all the Canadian comedians. 
and he would play in rotation Canadians albums, like independent albums that many of which were recorded at New York Comedy yeah. Club uh, with Barry Taylor and Comedy Records, who's my label. I've done three albums with them. And he'd put these albums out. And based on the residuals, because of sound exchange, comics would literally live off this money from the albums being played. Like mm. um, they'd pay their rent, they'd help feed their kids. Stuff like that. So then Just for Laughs swooped in. They're like, yeah, we don't need to do this anymore. Why don't we take it over and we'll just play our old Just for Laughs stuff and then we'll make millions of dollars doing this. Oh. All the comedians in Canada with uh, Sandra Badalini uh, spearheading it and with the help of Ben Miner and Barry Taylor, Steph Tolev and a couple other people, they literally started this grassroots thing where they're like, we can fight this. And so there was a whole thread on Facebook and I was like, I, this seems like you're going up against big business. Yeah, I really didn't never. expect anything. Me neither. Um, so a couple people reached out to me. Now, I was a little bit torn. I, I really believe in the cause, but it was also like 70% of the people that were involved in this were also trying to throw me under the bus when I did a show called White Guys Matter about a year right. ago. Mm -hmm. So they were, you know, they, they wanted to be a... Round the wagons around this cause, but it was also like then freedom of speech kind of went. I get it. There's no real freedom of speech in Canada. There's freedom of expression, but there's not freedom of speech. So I understand that. But I was also like, okay, how do I defend these people that didn't want to defend me? And I go, there's a bigger picture here. So I was like, what can I do that's positive? And I'm not making this all about me, but I reached out to Sirius here. You're the guest. And I was, <laughs> it is all about you. I reached out to uh, Paul at Sirius here and I was like, look, we'd been talking about doing like an international show where I would bring on international comics and they would be like, here's my favorite comic from my hometown. And then we'd play those tracks, which is a great idea for a show. I still yeah. haven't heard back. But I thought that's a way to take a negative and turn it into a positive and try and get some Canadians into American airplay. Um, and then I talked to Alex Pavone and he was all worried about it as Clearly, he is about everything. Yeah. Oh, he was so worried. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so they they had a town hall where they had Just for Laughs there, and there was some infighting and stuff. And, and some people were like, hey, this is all about all of us. And then people were like, hey, well, lesbian comics need more stage time. And they're like, that's not the time to yeah. bring it up. Let's bring this up next week. Yeah. At the next town hall. Uh, it'll happen at a bookshop in Portland. And then... Uh, I'm so hateful. So it just goes, what am I, an old man driving a GMC truck? What's happened to me, America? So uh, they they had this town hall. They called them out. And, uh, and at the town hall, this old comedian named Boyd Banks, who mm -hmm. was like the... Th there would be no edgy comic in Canada without Boyd Banks. And he was like a bit actor he showed up in a movie called dirty work has a very famous line where some guy goes i've never seen this many dead hookers <laughs> in all my life and oh they open up all the car trunks and dirty work and boyd banks goes lord knows i have and it's hilarious <laughs> and he was in a whole bunch of like zombie movies and stuff so boyd banks is behind the newscaster who's like i'm here uh live with all these canadian comedians that are fighting to get their radio state and boyd banks goes behind the guy and <laughs> licks his neck, licks his neck for 30 seconds. And people are like, dude, on the thread, like, what the fuck is Boyd doing? Wait, he's mentally ill, isn't he? Can we blame this on his mental illness? <laughs> so then the, the next day on the radio, the people are like, our message has been lost because Boyd assaulted this. They called it assault, by oh the way. God. I don't know if you would call it assault. Would you call it assault if someone licks your neck? Context. Contextually, I might. Uh, yeah, 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 I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they call it assault. Then oh the next God. day on the radio, they're like, police are looking for Boyd Banks. <laughs> <They've>, literally, <laughs> it's a Canadian crime. 
they put it out. Boyd like turns himself in. He's like, I'm, I want to apologize. Also, they I'm couldn't sorry. have been looking too hard. It's not like he's on the lamb. No, he's a pretty well-known guy, too. They <laughs> think his address is public knowledge. He's probably in the phone book. So then uh, last night, they released Just for Laughs rescinded. And they're like, we're going to give the station back. It'll still be called Just for Laughs, but it's going to play all Canadian content, which... Made it look, some people are going to be able to feed their kids. I'm going to be able to fly first class still. So it's pretty exciting. <laughs> it, it was scary for me because I told my wife, I'm like, have you flown Delta Comfort? And she's like, no. Nah. <laughs> I was like, you guys got to do something. My fucking high maintenance wife cannot live like this. What's your wife do? Flies first class, God damn it. Less question. What about your baby? Does the baby need? It's okay. They have milk. <laughs> But yeah, I was I it's was a big victory really for surprised That's and awesome. impressed. I, I really did think it was going it was like you cannot fight corporate media. This is and you know, who knows whether how much is bullshit and how much is nobody thought about anything and now they're backfilling. But you know, the statement they first put out before they capitulated was like, you know, look, the station was I don't struggling and radio. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. They're like, this was a good way to keep the station yeah. profitable. Well, so we brought in a partner, and this is just sort of like, sorry, them's the breaks. And so I was like, well, that's that's it. That's what they that's, said. That's and what I thought. This is how business works. Sometimes you just get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as it here now, here's a difference that I went through, and I talked about this in therapy today. The conflict that I went through, which was like, you watch something that was very socialist at its core yeah. belief, where these people were like, look, this is what's best for this collective of people. And we want to do it. And Canada does have a whole bunch of socialist values, you know, socialized yeah. medicine. Mm -hmm. And where my American mind kicked in. And as soon as I heard it, I'm like, okay, I'm out that money. Uh, let's line shit up. So I got on the phone. I was like, I want to do a weekend here. I want to do it. So I, I'm always trying to find a solution. I'm always yeah. trying to take the negative and turn it into something better. But it, it was this very capitalist mindset that I had, which is also what Jerry Seinfeld said. Like, you know, if you're really good, you make a lot of money. If you're okay, good, you make okay money. If you suck, you're going to be worked out. So it was this mentality where it's like, okay, that you're not going to get that money anymore. Let's see what people are going to do with that. Not knowing that there was this, you know, mass collective of people that really wanted to do what was best for everybody else. And I find that here in America, the prevailing mindset is like, you get yours, go out and do, and you can help people, but it's like attain that power and yeah. then help people. So it, it was, uh, it was, I was conflicted and, and it was interesting to see it happen. I'm really happy for most of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was also, I, I it happened really fast. It happened no. real fast in a, about a week. They went hard. Sandra yeah. Badalini is uh, like really aggressive and, and she goes at it really hard. And I feel like the people that were behind it, I mean, it's Canada, so they don't have a lot of other shit to do. That's true. It's so like, do you want to look at the snow or do yeah. you want to come help me? Yeah. So they, they went at it hardcore. And, <laughs> and it's interesting. I don't know. My fear is also with how the scene is evolving up there. Like when I did a show a year ago, it was to disrupt the scene and bring it back to like, what's funny. But hmm. I, I wonder in terms of, and this is a totally huge grandiose fear but it's like how much is progressivism gonna really affect comedy how much is it yeah. gonna affect numbers and you and i have had this conversation before where it's like oh i'm building a niche so it's not going to be affected but in terms of the mainstream and stuff like that you you will see it be affected where it's like oh we can't have this guy because he does this type of stuff yeah. yeah do you know what i realized though i was just thinking about this this morning so it's funny that you brought that up is so remember so every time it snows mm -hmm. every time it snowed this year 
people bring up that snowstorm in November that was way bigger than anyone expected. So everyone got stuck in traffic. Right. You got stuck. Yeah, five hours. Yeah, And yeah. like, that's miserable. And that sucks. But also, guess what? Like, I know we think we're human beings and we rule the entire planet, but we actually don't. And sometimes nature just is how it is. And everyone was like, a guy got fired. Everyone's like, hold the city accountable. And now every time it's even going to snow, potentially a dusting, there's like a freak out. And like, here's our emergency plan. (laughs) Everybody go home from school right now. And like, it turned into this whole thing where literally people got up in arms against politicians for an act of nature that nobody nobody predicted. predicted. The experts said, you know, whatever. And I was like, Oh, that just clicked in my brain of why people get mad at comics about their jokes of like, oh, you're mad at the actual problem and there's nothing you can do about the problem. So you've decided to get mad at these humans that you can pin something on. Like to me, you know, like let's say like transphobia. That's the snowstorm. Do you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. out there. It's huge. A lot of people don't know how to battle it or how to uh, deal with it. And but then if they hear a comic telling a joke about it that they don't agree with, they're like, that's the person I'm going to go against. That'll somehow fix the rest of this snowstorm of transphobia. Right. And like the fact that we keep freaking out. So anyway, my point is, it's all, it's all hopeless. We all nobody understands how the world works anymore. Things are too complex. So people are going to do you think that the world after comics. just needs a minute to like really internalize everything and then they'll be able to joke about it later? Or is it just that initial I mean, it'll always Shock swing it back because, you know, like what is what is saucy to one generation is boring to the next generation, right. you know. And also, like, obviously, we're having a, mo- a moment right now just in the larger culture that's going very nationalist, very like across the world, not just in America. Very. Ooh. Uh, and it'll it'll swing back. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there'll be a version of the 70s again that'll come after this. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be. I don't know. It, it'll it'll come around. Probably not until I'm a very old, very old lady. But uh <laughs> I'm going to say this too. I think that so much of our thoughts and our mindset is being shaped by online when in reality, like we're like, everything's a shitstorm out there. But here we are right in this moment, sitting totally calm, yeah. having mm-hmm. a, a discussion. I think so much of it is online oh, because yeah. people online are not the same people that they are in real life. Mm-hmm. And I get, I get why people will be like, I'm done with that. I don't want to do that anymore because yeah. it does, it creates this, other reality that's going on when there's a real reality going on around yeah. you. And that's the thing we've talked about too, which is, you know, for me as someone obviously booking a club who does have to sometimes take into consideration like, oh, if I book this person, is the entire city going to be up in arms and revolt? And is this going to be bad press for us? And is it bad for other people working here for all kinds of reasons? Like, I don't actually see from the audience as a whole the same reaction that you see online about, I mean, you know, when you get into to stuff that's like more like, you know, sexual harassment and sexual assault, that's a different thing. But just of like hot button topics and people, you know, people will like write in and find some old clip from the Patrice Rose and be like, this comic's a racist. Don't ever book them again. And I'm like, sir, you America. are writing a blog in St. Louis. You're never going to come to my club. And this weekend, 300 people came to shows to see that comics mm-hmm. and they all enjoyed themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I really don't see... It is that it's like it's online. There's like very strong voices that get amplified that are actually much more extreme than what most people actually think about and care about. Yeah. I I always think it's weird when when comics get offended. Did you hear about this Pete Davidson thing that happened the other day? His dad died. No, <laughs> no, that was a couple years ago. No. <laughs> 
It was. It was. I, th- I think it was September tenth. Uh, was the 10th no? I'm talking about this, this Monday. September t- no, the ninth. No, when was the, it was the eleventh. Like it was a, a big plane crash hit thing. a house or something. Yeah. What was it? I don't. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just talking about what happened the other day. <laughs> Rachel is not picking up what we're throwing oh. down. Pete's dad died on 9/11. That's yeah. why it's funny oh. that he said that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That sorry. No, what happened? Totally over my head. What happened with Pete? Um, no, he uh, he made a joke. It was like Monday night. He was doing a set. I guess somebody videotaped it. It was on TMZ Fuck today. Yeah. Videotaping people. And uh, I know it's so crazy. Where was it? Which club? Uh, where was it? It was like in Jersey or something like that. Okay. And he I made think a, a lot of people he's... get gut in Jersey. Yeah, that's where you get gut. <laughs> They don't police those rooms, man. No. Um, Sorry, <laughs> keep going. No, it's cool. Um, he made a joke that uh, his friend just died in his apartment, mm-hmm. and some heckler yells out, "Was it uh, Mac Miller?" Yeah. yeah, and he fucking freaked the fuck out. He freaked out. Pete freaked. I gotta out. see this video. Oh yeah. my god, he was like, he's like, who is it? who said that? Who said that? I'm stopping the show. That's it. Who said that? And he he made an audience member rat out another audience member because he was gonna stop the show. He's like, I'll leave right now. He's yeah. like, I, that's it, I'm done. He, so they, they kicked him out, and then he continued the show. Why didn't Pete just take it? I don't know. I just... he's. Probably, I think he's going through some yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a very sensitive... But, it is, but, but he talks about the story dying I heard. in his apartment. Yeah. Well, the story I heard was that Pete sent a picture of his dick in Ariana Grande's mouth to this guy, <gasps> Mac Miller, who he knew was on the fucking edge, and then Mac Miller saw it and decided, no, oh, oh, my stop God. It. That's, that that's the story I heard, and I heard Pete's also got a massive dick. So it's like, you see that, and you're like, oh, God, I need pills. <laughs> that's the story I heard. That's what people wow. are saying. And people that I know that I've never heard of Mac Miller, I, uh, I've had the burgers before but it's like <laughs> he said the guy that like kind of knew is he's like yeah that's why he died and he's like it's pretty well known but i gotta see this video if you can send it yeah. to me i, lo- yeah, I love watching TMZ clip today i bet it's not as good as those hofstetter ones but i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> that, but i mean that is an interesting thing because like if pete had made a joke about mac you know, like it would have yeah. been edgy but funny, yeah. And like, absolutely, it would have been like, if you have a problem with that, you can go fuck yourself. But because the audience member said it, it yeah. is sort of like, no, 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 that's not your job, and you're like literally impinging into this guy's very sad situation yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going through. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I get it's a such subject, but you put out the thing of somebody dying in your apartment. Is it just that the the shock? An amaze of like getting caught out there and you not knowing what to say. Because I mean, I, you deal with hecklers like I've never seen anything, and yeah. it's great. And I, I actually love that part of your your shtick. Thank you. But well, Berg, I, you're I so interactive, interactive with too. the crowd anyway. I think it's easy for you because yeah. it, it doesn't it, maneuver. It, I mean, it disrupts the act, and it's not cool ever to heckler. But at least you already have this rapport with them, and you've already been having a dialogue so it's not as hard for you to slip into like i'm going to correct the stupid thing you just did right and i'll take if someone says something really good and really funny i'll be like that is that's really good and really funny and that you deserve something that lady that was in the front row (laughs) this was the best i will never forget this berg was you were making a joke to her about eating her butt yeah and then she got up and she put her butt to you on the stage yeah and then i ate it (laughs) yeah you couldn't that's that's against the health code christine was also in the green room while this occurred so that would be an even more funny new york city health department nobody's eating butt on stage in our establishment where we serve food and drink you will not eat asshole and but we do have pringles (laughs) if you like pringles instead of asshole if you like the experience of the asshole without the asshole we've got have these pringles go home shit them out later 
What have you loved one go to town? We have sour cream, cheddar, and basic. I got to see this Pete Davidson thing. Yeah, I know. That's interesting. So it, it's but. really interesting to see uh, what happened. I'm glad Alex Pavone can pay his rent. Yeah. There's some people that you would have liked to watch the herd be thinned a little bit. It would have been interesting yeah. to see the people that are like, that believe that they're owed a career yeah. instead of the people that have to chase after. But it's a different time now. It's not. When I came up, it was like, you got to spend this many years getting funny. You got to eat shit for this many years. Mm. And then you just keep. You don't feel like it's like that anymore? No. But I was raised on the 20 year game theory. So I'm 18 years in. And, you know, and that's it. And I feel like I made it like to a certain degree. Like I'm very happy. I'm not for want, you know? Yeah. But once in a while, I'll look around and be like, hey, maybe I should go after that thing. But it's not that envy or that jealousy that it used to be. But it's also like, you know, I, I know I'm not Russell Peters, but you also watch what happened to Russell Peters and you see mm. the flip side of that. Yeah. Well, this is a good segue into getting where Berg got his start because I don't know. All right. I was uh, asking a woman to eat her ass on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and and, a, and the like, club owner said, that's an act. <laughs> I like what you do, kid. You got to take it to Gotham. Uh how do I, I I did the same most people do. I did uh, like an amateur night. I did a place in Toronto called Spirits Bar and Grill. I was supposed to go on stage with this guy named Jeff Douglas, who was like a commercial actor at the time. He did this very famous commercial. My name is Joe and I am Canadian. And we planned to do a duo. And then he was like, I, I don't feel well. I'm not going to go to the thing. So I went by myself and did like five minutes. And it was, it did great, but it wasn't. I would like do songs and stuff. Songs? Yeah, songs. I do like beer commercials, like in the beer oh, like commercial. Yeah. yeah, like <laughs> a car alarm startles you at four o'clock. That's how I'd open it. Just stood there still and I go, a car alarm startles you at four o'clock in the morning. You wake up and you run downstairs and thankfully your 1973 Scirocco is still in one piece. <laughs> But you vaguely remember getting behind the wheel of your high-performance German automobile last night, and you know you hit something. You're not sure what, but there's blood and skin all over the hood of the car, and something resembling a small boy's bicycle handlebars <laughs> wedged under one of the rear tires. Because a whole lot can happen out of the blue. Labat Blue. And that was it. So, <laughs> so I'd you do that. start by doing voiceovers? I like, would do, it was like a voiceover. And I did you were like, like doing sketches live. I did live, two of those. Basically. Yeah, I did two of those. And then I just sung a song about Scarborough. Oh, and then I wish some you guy saw me. He's like, you're hilarious. I'm from Scarborough. And I was like, oh, that's great. He's like, hey, do you want to do my show next week or something? And I was like, yeah. And then I got there. He's like, can you do 15 minutes? I was like, yeah. And I couldn't. So <laughs> yeah. I did like five minutes. And then I bombed for the rest of it. I think I bombed for more. It was at a pancake house. Ooh. And then I went and did, you know, work your way into a club in like the town in Toronto and then work your way up for years. And then uh, I love these stories of yeah. like the most random places to do stand up is the first time. Like we had Mike Racine on last week and he said his first time was uh, at Panera Bread in Jersey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was doing stand up. Wow. And then I, I did stand up. And then I would do it a lot. And then I still do it a lot. And that's it. You just do it. And then it goes through phase. It goes through phases where you're like, "Oh, I'm really good. I feel like I got it." Mm -hmm. Then it goes through a phase like now where I'm like, "Oh, I need to. Okay, I need to change something up. Something I need to tweak, or I got to change. I don't know what it is, but 
It's uh, there's times when it's really fulfilling, and then there's other times when I feel like I need to. And I work very organically too, so it'll be like I'll write, but I don't like memorize what I, it just seeps into my stuff. So then old stuff kind of goes away, and mm-hmm. new stuff takes the place. But I don't work as efficiently as I could. I'm no Louis. <laughs> Do you think Piper's gonna be a comic like you and your wife? No. You don't if want she that? was, hopefully more like me than my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she can't. This is going to be like... Uh, like I can't bust balls at be, home. We uh, try and bust balls. It's fine for a little bit. Yeah. She came to Miami with me and she's at the improv and she's about to go on. And we're busting balls all backstage and all she came back with was like, fuck you, Berg. <laughs> and I was like, wait, we're busting balls. I feel like this could get played at your divorce trial. <laughs> uh, I think we're okay. I think we're through the dark now, Good. but it was close. Yeah, I had a legal team all ready to go. Sheesh. But uh, yeah, it was close. It's tough when you have a baby and stuff. Of course, and yeah. And then you marry someone that you discover is someone totally different than they were. And the hormonal name. changes yeah. and different name. No, I'm joking. I made it up. <laughs> You're like, oops, I accidentally married yeah. the wrong lady. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> the week we were getting married, I was at the gym and there was this bodybuilder girl and I was like, wait a minute. Am I doing the right thing? <laughs> if you married a this, bodybuilder girl? Like she wasn't huge. She was in great shape, uh-huh. but she, she didn't have one Is of those huge like- clits. But I was like... And we just started talking, and I'm like, I think she's Jewish, and she's a. Well, what am I doing on? Why am I going to this thing on Sunday? Like, this is. Oh my God, this is maybe her. Oh my God, yeah. are bodybuilder chicks like hot to you? This one was, but not like huge body. She wasn't huge. She was like on a bit of juice, but she wasn't like over oversized. Like she might have a rage once a week, not yeah. not every day. But I, then I thought about that. I was like, oh, I've never really like dated a body. We could eat meals together. And But then you always think about them shitting for some reason because like, oh, they probably shit a lot. <laughs> and that's that to you is the most important thing it's about turn her, off. how much she shits. My wife will like dump. Look, I Wait, poo in front of, those, of her. Are you one of those guys that can't handle bodily functions from a woman? Sure I can. I think I went down on her period when we first started dating and I didn't know because the lights were off. But, and, she's, and I got up and she's like, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, ooh, you got to go wash your face. Um, I had no idea. I couldn't, I couldn't taste it. Um, but uh, yeah, she's like, shit. And then I go, hey, do you have a good shit, bro? And she goes, this is why we don't have sex. And I was like, I thought we were supposed to be friends. But you guys, you have a, a lovely little girl, yeah. and also Piper. you just got a new place to live. Yeah, we live in Forest Hills. Oh, now. You, you got a place? I remember you. Well, we didn't buy; we're renting still. But okay, maybe in a year or two we'll buy. It's but it's bigger, great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Forest Hills. So it's it's so nice. Fancy schmancy, right? Yeah, I mean we have a row house, so it's nice to have space. We're mm. in a one bedroom, so we have like a three bedroom, one and a half bath. There's a basement. There's a backyard, a front. Yard. It's great. It's it feels like you're in the suburbs. But I'm in the city in less time than it would take from Astoria. Yeah. yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought Forest Hills was further. For I take the Long Island Railroad. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Express. 15 minutes. So great. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, because like you guys had, I mean, your old place was beautiful and gorgeous and a lovely apartment. Yeah. For two people. For two people. <laughs> and not a small life dependent upon you. Yeah. Uh, it was so tight and so bad. And now I can wake up and like turn the lights on and work in the morning and get the show ready and stuff. And it was, uh, it, it's really nice to have, so, look, I'm right, 95, to, I would say more, like I have really 
well-tuned instincts. So 99% of the time, I'm right. Uh-huh. My wife's not. Like, she, she's smart, kind of. Like, <laughs> she is. She's smart, and she has good instincts, but she's also had been kidnapped and yeah, shit. True. So it's like, yeah, all right, I get you have good instincts, but you wouldn't have been kidnapped if they were that good and trust some guy named Muhammad in Morocco that lived in a gated community. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty smart so i was like we need to move we need a bit and i've been saying that for two years and then yeah. finally she said you know she'll say when she she doesn't say it enough i would like more if she was like i you were right and said it for days <laughs> but she's like you were right and she said it real quick and she's like so thank you and then yeah. she says little things she doesn't say enough i i would prefer to be coddled more yeah i would like Aww. her like yesterday she's like you're a really good dad and i was like i'd like her to say that for like a week straight <laughs> But she doesn't. I think, I think she she's busy once. momming your, your actual child. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I always hear about men that get like jealous of the babies. Yeah. Is that you? Nope. Oh, no. I Here's what I said. Like if if Piper started dating, I'd probably be like, I'd, I'd choke the guy and curb stomp him if it was too young. And then uh, if she was too young and then people. What like, is the appropriate age? She could be 23. <laughs> it's really frightening. And then uh, people are like, you'd go to jail. I'm like, yeah, but it'd be a break from my wife. Like, because. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a cute little bit. <laughs> and because when you're older, it's, jail's not that bad. When you're older, it's like you get to work out. If you're in the right jail. Yeah, and you true. get to eat. And then you just have to talk for once. In a, but to be away from the baby would be tough. Yeah. Well, she wouldn't be a baby by that time. She'd be dating. <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. Do you want more? Or is Piper it? Yeah, I want more. Or, we have to talk about it. Christine doesn't want more. And it, t- it takes a lot of toll on a woman's body, mm. too. Oh, yeah. Sorry Maybe to I'll carry it. That'd yeah. be great. That'd clear yeah. me up with the trans community. Guys, yeah, guys carry them in their butts. <laughs> Carrying a baby. You could say in whatever there, you... Could you imagine if I was pregnant oh, on stage? Oh, my God. Pregnant man. <laughs> Tossing N-bombs everywhere. <laughs> I, I, what? I, I, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy's crazy. <laughs> Opening for Chappelle and shit. <laughs> it's pregnant man. Oh, you could you would have a special to fight against Ali Wong and Amy Schumer's. Yeah. Oof. Baby penis cra. Yeah, there you go. It's like baby cobra, but I couldn't think of anything yeah. good. It's <laughs> middle of the <laughs> afternoon. Exactly. It's early. Yeah. It's early for comics. But yeah, it does seem like a real uh hard endeavor to have two comics and a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. when you both have to work at night. Yeah. And probably during the day. Yeah, now we Christine uh, left her day job, so she's just going to stay home and uh, do all the other comedy stuff and watch the baby, so hopefully that works. Yeah. Did your comedy change when you had a baby? Um, com- Doesn't seem like it. No, but I, I think I was aware of that, too, where a lot of people are like, oh, you're going to get soft, but I can feel it happening. You become more aware of uh, universal consciousness, and you go... You want to put more good things into the world than bad things. But yeah. sometimes it's fun to be a bad guy, too. And sometimes the world needs a bad guy. Yeah. You do now it really well. Now probably not that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, everyone just needs to see you live, and then they'll ease off. Yeah. Should I tell these people on Twitter? Come see yeah. me yes, live. come see you in the show. So just be like, hey, this is all actually been a big ad for you to come see me live. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm just reeling you in. The, they will quiver. I've, I've read online with them, like, this is not a safe space. Oof. It's scary. Mm. What do you think of my beard? I like it. Yeah, I don't know if I keep, I want to keep it going. Part yeah. of me wants to keep it going. You, it's you not annoying out. yet, but 
Sometimes it gets annoying where you try and sleep and it's just like if it's pushing back into you and Ew. you don't like it. Oh, can you Maybe make need that better face moisturizer. Again? <laughs> that I don't just use made before. moisturizer. Put some Ever? moisturizer on. I'm baby. a man. Put what it on mean? where? On your on where on your beard, beard is. It'll get. It'll make it softer and less pointing into You're your face. You're saying I need beard moisturizer yes. or skin moisturizer? I mean skin moisturizer How for your beard area. I never use moisturizer. I put on zit cream before bed. That's <laughs> wow. it. That's all I do. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Not even on the top of your head? No. Nothing? Wow. I don't think men use moisturizer. Men use moisturizer. Don't look for Scott. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't look for backup. You're stuck I with did. women. I, we're going to tell you men use moisturizer. I'm looking think. at Scott. He's like, nope, I don't. <laughs> he doesn't. Did he say he doesn't? <laughs> he said he doesn't. No. No, but men don't use it. That's huh. weird. That's weird. Well, that's he is too to old to be that metrosexual kind of age. That... No, I was metrosexual. I feel like, yeah, I was going to say, Bert kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, I dance that line, yeah. but I never, uh, yeah, I never used moisturizer. Huh. I used to use that really nice smelling tanning lotion when I would go into tanning beds. <laughs> that shit stinks. Like, yeah, it stunk. It was so nice. I, I was talking about you <laughs> so the other strong. day, uh, and we were talking about how it is that you know you are so charming and likable that you can say out- outrageous things. I was like, it's also, it's. I was like, it's, but part of it too is one, it's so outrageous, it's almost like. You can't. Why you can't yeah, take it how seriously? Could you What's take it wrong serious? with you? But also that you are sort of like almost a cartoon character yourself. I don't mean that in the bad way that that implies, <laughs> yeah. but that like because you make fun of yourself and you start from you're like, yeah, I used to be, a, I used to be a stripper and I dance for people and you know like sometimes you do show up in like a, a vest and a three piece outfit and yeah. you're like, Wait, Ooh, was- whatever. <laughs> and you're also you know like you say you look like you you eat juice with creatine and yeah. spit them out. Like you're just such an interesting. Mix of things. Well, Was you. the stripper life before the comedy life? Yeah. No, Rachel, he's been stripping for the last six no, months no, to no. pay for I Piper's meant, food. I meant, I'm sorry, the, the start of the comedy life. That's what I meant yeah, to say. I did it. But I was a funny stripper. It really, it was really one of the best times of my life because I couldn't dance. So I had to be like super entertaining. You have no rhythm? No. That's weird I'm for a just Jew. Learning. All Jews have rhythm. I'm just, I'm, if I slow down, I can make my feet go to the beat. Um, but yeah, I had no rhythm. So I was a horrible stripper, but it was so, it was so much fun. It was mm. one of the best times. And you thought that life was going to go on forever. I was going to move to Dallas, go work at La Bear. No. Get a Corvette. Because that was the big, that's what all the good strippers did. Yeah. You got to go to Dallas. These guys are making like two grand a night. <laughs> Hottest chicks. Yeah, it was. Uh, I feel like that's so funny because it's so equivalent to like being a comic in a middle market or a, a smaller market. Be like, got to move to L.A., man. Everyone's getting development deals. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. And it was so it was so fun. There were some of them. Did were you make a lot people. of money? No, it was horrible. I wasn't good. <laughs> I was, some nights I'd make a couple hundred bucks, maybe a few. If I stripped for men, I'd maybe make five hundred, six hundred bucks. But it like, was not just women; it was men too. Uh, Sundays you would strip for men at. Uh, Did they touch you and like get all? Yeah, yeah, they touch you. You didn't feel weird about no, that. No, they'd want to blow me. I never let a guy blow me, <laughs> but I uh, I jacked off in front of dudes. That huh. was that was my thing. <laughs> like, ah, You're there's like, old can't. there's old jack off in front of your berg. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing? Ah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> ah, he just jacked off in front of me. We all hundred and fifty like bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jack off in front of your bird. You did it before, Louis. Dear Louis, this is Aaron Berg. I heard you've been doing my thing. I did it first. It's recorded. In Please find a cease and desist enclosed as well as an official lawsuit. Can you imagine? 
I like that you just made up for the not being a good dancer with. I'll, I'll jerk off in front yeah. of you. you. No, well, they would ask you to. Yeah. They'd be like, guys, let me suck it. Can I? And I'm like, no, sir, I'm not. I don't do that. And they're like, come on. It's 200. And I'm like, no, I can't. Wow. Sorry. And you'd be in like these private booths. It was yeah. really shady. You'd, oh, you'd always take a shower after, which was weird. The, <laughs> what the, made you do that the first time? Because I felt dirty from gay hands. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, strip. <laughs> You're a goofball. Uh, I, wa- I was like built and I was on roids and I was like, oh, I wa- I'm either going to be a stripper or a bouncer. And I was being a bouncer. I was making 12 bucks an hour. And all these mm. guys at my gym were stripping. I was like, I want to fucking do it. Talk to my friend Jim. And he's like, go talk to Danny. He does it at Caesars. And, and I was like, can I, I talk to you? I want to. He's like, dude, it's the fucking best. You you got a girlfriend? And I was like, no. He's like, oh, you're gonna get so much pussy. Fucking awesome. <laughs> and I'm I'm like quitting. If you need a costume, you can buy my fucking costume. <laughs> and I was like, for real? And he goes, Yeah, he is. I bought his cowboy costume. Yeah. It was all leather. Cost me like four hundred bucks. Jesus. And then uh I went uh, the first time was like <laughs> I can't small town bar. A yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry, keep going. I yeah. totally just interrupted your story. I never thought of that. And then, uh, but the first time I went was like this dump in, in Aurelia. I tell the story on stage, and yeah. I used to. And uh, I went in, and I was so nervous. And you're supposed to jack off till you get hard to tie off. But it's you're in a room like this big, and other dudes are there getting dressed. And you're like... <laughs> He's just fumbling with your dick. And then I was like, and I was like, what do you do if you can't get hard? They're like, just don't show your dick because no one wants to. <laughs> so I went up and tried to dance, like a lot of like leaning on the pole and just going around the pole. <laughs> and the first time I danced, oh, the first song was Another Night, Another Dream, but I always knew it's like a vision of love that seemed to be true. And I had like a construction, I had the construction worker over. And it was all stripper women that stripped in this bar, mm-hmm. but they were like, it's a night for you ladies. And there was like four stripper guys that did it. Yeah. And they're like, you got to go out and do another. And I remember just getting them handing money, which was insane. You're on stage and they're like, ah, yelling and yeah. handing you and grabbing at you. And you're just like, oh, this is fucking unreal. Because I never had that before. Yeah. To be like this. Piece of meat, and then I went Women and had get sex psycho that in those night. I was like, "Oh, this is great." Women yeah. are never that aggressive in real life. It's like that's the one place that's acceptable. Yeah, yeah. they go fucking nuts. They oh go, yeah, they go nuts. And uh, yeah, man, you, you you strip off societal's restrictions and say this is the place you're allowed to do it. We're animals. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did it. Uh, then I had to audition somewhere, and they're like, they put me on like basically amateur night. They're yeah. like, you can do Wednesdays. <laughs> then you get moved up to Thursdays. And then you had to dance for men at the good place of fantasy. Oh, this is also very much like comedy. I'm like, all yeah. right, you're, uh, you can get paid on a Tuesday, yeah. not, not on a Friday. Maybe that's yet. why the transition wasn't pay. that hard. The first place wouldn't even pay. Oh, it's just or tips. The fantasies wouldn't pay until like then they were like, oh, you're paid dance. And it was shit. It was like the, all the those stories you heard about comedy. But yeah. like, you get 25 bucks and you're going to make tips or something like that. Wow, this is so oddly Wait, similar. you actually yeah. make a like a salary too? It's not just tips? I think make like tips? 25 bucks. I think it paid like next to nothing. Get paid for spots. Yeah, spot pay. <laughs> well, that was an easy transition then, mm-hmm. you know? When I first started doing comedy, you didn't get paid. It, t- it took about like six years to make money. Yeah. yeah. Where was your That's first paid right. spot? Mm-hmm. Uh, first that was a light. Oh. 
I may have made like 20 bucks somewhere, but. In Canada still? Yeah, in Canada. Yeah, I used to make money in Canada. Yeah, you were working pretty solidly in Canada before you came down yeah, here. Yeah, but it was it felt like there was going to be a ceiling there. And I, and I would have gone more the route of one-man shows. Yeah. Which was really, I was doing that before it got popular. And then everyone's like, hey, it's a one-man show. And yeah. they weren't real one-man shows. They were like an hour stand-up. But uh, yeah, that's the route I would have gone. When I first came to New York, I did my one-man show like off-Broadway on yeah. Theater Row. Hmm. And then I just right. kind of moved away from it. Yeah. Stand up is way less work. Mm. Yeah, and I, it seems yeah. more fun. Like yeah, you can just go up enjoy, there. I mean, I want to do. I'm, I want to do something else. I don't know what it is. I want to. We've already done a lot of something else this week because you have done the one man show. You wrote books. You wrote books. books. You got a podcast. Yeah, you're, you're very prolific. My wife and I have a TV series coming out yeah. later this year. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's amazing how it all happens. But you want to keep doing more. I think yeah. that's the beauty of it. Is you know. You see, the best people are prolific at it, and, and uh, they keep going. You watch people like Jessica Kirsten that are finally getting their due and stuff oh, like that. Time. Yeah, so she's so good. It's it's uh it's about longevity still, and I think overcoming all this bullshit that we deal with on the outside. I should not get involved in the bullshit on the outside. I watched Sam Tripoli go through it in L.A. too. Yeah, Sam does a lot of that stuff, and I was yeah. like, why are we? Why are yeah. we doing that? I don't know if we have to or if these other people just fall away, but and on that note, yeah, uh, I'm is there anything... clean up these feces I made? <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you'd like to plug? We uh, we didn't even really mention your podcast is or it's radio show. It's on Cumeo. Yeah, it's I a show. It's it. like a web thing. I don't uh, know what you call it. In it's, hot water. It's hilarious. In hot water. Monday to Thursday. That's on, on Gino, CompoundMedia.com right? with Gino Bisconti. Every Monday it's free now, so you can check yeah. it out. CompoundMedia.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Ehrenberg Comedy. And uh, whenever this airs, I'll be in Cleveland May 5th at Hilarities with Gino Bisconti. And uh, I'll be around all New York. Sweet. In the erstwhile. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. And bye-bye. Thank you for listening to This Is Not A Green Room. We are available wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and iTunes, as well as the Laughable app. And wherever you're listening to us, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating so that other people can find us and love us too. You can find us online at Not A Green Room on Instagram and Twitter, and you can check out the club at New York Comedy on Twitter and NY Comedy Club on Facebook and Instagram. 